And we're back for another episode of Hard Not Life, which is dedicated to the new core of hip-hop today. The business, the brand, and the balance between authenticity and entertainment. We are powered by one of the most authentic clothing brands in the world. Authentic! Classic material. Shout out to the big homie, Carlos, who is a dedicated supporter of the podcast. How's everybody doing, guys? Chilling. Yo, you not. What's going on? Introduce us. He <laughs> 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 oh, got really thrown off. Yeah, introduce like, us. I just like to hear from you guys. This is the second time I've attempted it, and y'all just don't know. Be- you want to know why? Because I want people to listen to the podcast. I want people to know who they're listening to. And then we also got to, you know, like yeah, plug who we I are, plug the names. I can't so know who to follow. I was going to do like that. that. Keep I can follow it up. Okay, but I can't wonder how fuck y'all did. I ain't. I don't care about how you doing. I don't care about how you doing it, nigga. Let's get into the introductions. <laughs> I'm Lion Goodman, Lion of Bedsty, your host and moderator. Would my co-host like to introduce himself? My name is DK Marco, New Jersey's Juggernaut. What's up? How you doing, ladies? I don't care if it's shaved or not. Did you just kiss my mic? No, I made the noise. You just moved. Did you put her up on my? I think you did. I didn't kiss your mic. Wow, wow. That's what he did. (laughs) (laughs) And would our guest and friend like to introduce himself? I would not. But (laughs) how you guys doing? Melton is here. Great to have you back. Hashtag cancel. Melting in I, full effect. I don't appreciate this campaign against my well-being. I'm just it's, trying to live my life. It's not against your well-being. It's for your betterment. Well, I feel attacked. How about so that? So hashtag cancel Milton until he posts his album art track list and gives us at least a single. You asking for a lot. Bruh, I just want to point out that I've been saying the album was coming since you started guesting on here. And so I have been supporting you. So when I say cancel Milton, I'm just trying to I'm trying to do what's best for you. You feel me? By getting everyone to cancel me. I'm putting it in the bio. Heard so. you, King. Oh, yes. I think I might just keep it in the bio, too. Yes. Just off GP. Hashtag cancel Milton. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this point you get free pro roll. Yeah, seriously. I feel like you should just go with that. You're like at this point is cancel melting is is your name. That's your name. Yo, the rebrand? The rebrand. Can we yes. change the entire topic and just be like, yo, can we talk about people forced to rebrand in the industry? Actually, let's have that cuz I think we need a little bit more. Can we do that off the fly? Sure. Yeah, let's Wait, do who's that. Who's rebranded? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. People, people, I think that are can rebranded? we get? Can we get? Yeah, I think because I think this is a heavy one, and I don't feel like being in, having a heavy topic. We can leave that for another day. Oh man, maybe when we have Kavito back. Oh yes, thank you to Kavito for his time. Word. That was a really spirited discussion, really informed, and it is so fun to talk to somebody who's established in the industry but won't cop any please. Yes. Word. What is a rebrand and why would a rapper of all artists and I guess businessmen decide to uh, utilize one? Sometimes man's not hot. <laughs> Yo. Wow. 
<laughs> right there. Right so, there. It's, it's just that simple. First, first of all, y'all should have seen Meltzer's face because he knew he had the banger on him. And he, he wanted to make sure like, the coast was clear before he had it off. <laughs> he got the hoodie up too because he know he's just a stick-up kid right yeah. now with it. Yes. Sometimes, yes. not sometimes, you just out here and it doesn't really have anything to do with the product itself that's with, with what you're creating it's just not resonating in the same way it's you gotta you gotta change the package like the mass brothers the who brothers they make chocolate um they're pretty famous the chocolate comes in very nice packaging but it's average chocolate but they charge ten dollars for it i would like to thank the cane marco for asking the question Cause I was just gonna let it fly like I knew what the hell you was talking. About. <laughs> Definitely asking. A rebrand is necessary when you're trying to portray a new image, or if you just need to start a spark. So take for instance, uh, Run the Jewels, right? Run the Jewels wasn't a hard rebrand, but you take Killer Mike, you take LP, people that have that had each like over a decade in the game, and it had success in their own rights. But they came out and rebranded under the name Run the Jewels. And what that affords you is that affords you new listeners that have never heard of your old material and you're not beholden to your old material. So you can create something completely new. And at the same time, depending on what you're making, you're still you're still bringing over your older audience and it allows you to enter new categories because now you're a new artist. Now you're fresh. So if you're somebody that's a retread, like it'd be really hard for Mims to come back and drop a single, right? Because everybody's like, oh, you were popping in the 2000s. Like, why would I want to listen to you now? What fresh do you have to give? But if you come out with a whole new name and people don't recognize the packaging, they'll be like, what is this new thing? Because hip hop, especially hip hop, hip hop is all about the new thing. What's setting the trend? What's, what's setting the new pace? What's raising a bar? And it's hard to do that with, with an artist that's been out for a while that has gotten cold. I want to stay on Run the Juice for a moment. Do you think it is a rebrand? Killer Mike is still Killer Mike. LP is still LP. They just decided to make a duo. I can understand if they were already a duo and they decided to flip their image or their sound, but they're still very much so employing their brands into this new stage act. Yeah, I, it's absolutely a rebrand, but it's not uh, it's not a harsh one. So they're not hiding who they were. The whole story behind Run the Jewels, if I can try to truncate this as much as possible, is that Kill Mike and LP were both both had relationships at Adult Swim with the president there. President Adult Swim approached Killer Mike saying, "I want to I want to afford you with the money to make the album that you've always wanted to make." The first producer I think you need to work with is LP. Killer Mike goes and makes three songs with LP. Is now obsessed with having LP produce his entire album. He convinces LP to produce his entire album while LP is working on his own album. That became rap music. LP's album became a Cancer for Cure. Right, so they can I jump in for a second? Go. You're a big fan of Run the Jewels, right? Yes. Are you also a big fan of Killer Mike, or was it Killer Mike first and Run the Jewels, or Run the Jewels then Killer Mike? Run the Jewels came first, which made me go back and listen to their older discography. Of both of them, or just Mike? Mostly Mike, but I went back and listened to some fun Crusher Plus. Ah, uh, you do not mess with LP, do you? I don't. It's not that I don't <laughs> mess with LP. It's just like 
like some of his some of his work is a little hard to get into because it can be abrasive. Shouts to Def Jocks. Yeah, <laughs> shout to Def Jocks. But like, and that's the thing too, right? The thing about Run the Jewels was that it took two people who had had success and had notoriety, but at the time Def Jocks was no longer. LP was like as super well known as a producer and as an underground like rapper, but. Like what was the heat? What heat did he have in a larger in a larger space? Killer Mike, same thing. He was on a Grand Hustle deal, I believe, and still putting out mixtapes um, with Grind Time mixtapes. At the time, they came together with Adult Swim kind of backing them, and then they put the album out for free on Fool's Gold, which is a label which was more known for like their super indie rapper, the super new indie rappers and EDM. So. You get these two rappers that have a fan, that have a small fan base. They come together to create this new product with a new name, new art direction, new backing, and they come out on a label which is known for putting out like fresh stuff and has a certain gravitas to it. While they're not denying the music and the product they made before, they made something wholly new. And you can say that Run the Jewels doesn't sound like any of Killer Mike's previous work, save for rap music. And even then, it's a departure because LP, LP's production sounds different from the production that was on rap music. And LP's just by virtue of having LP on there, it sounds different. And then LP is rapping alongside Killer Mike. I mean, is Killer Mike the best rapper he's ever been in a group with? That's an argument that you can have. And like he's working with somebody that's explicitly Southern and black which is something that might not have been available to him when he was doing Def Jux stuff. So Run the Jewel sounds like its own product. Go ahead. No, you, I know you have something to say. Say what you want to say. Other black people existed on Def Jux. I know. I'm not saying that there were no other black, there were mad black people on Def Jux. What I'm saying is no one on Def Jux had the pedigree or the rap style of Killer Mike. And that's just the truth. Like who? Like Danny Swain. Merce, Merce and Killer Mike are two completely different rappers. I love I love Merce too. But they sound different and they rap about different shit. I see your point. It's a compelling argument. I wouldn't look at Run the Jewels as a rebrand in the same way that Kanye and, and Hove, had they been successfully able to put out another album. Uh, on May, even with this lawsuit that's going on, they were being referred to as the throne. Yeah. Would you would you have considered them a rebrand? And if so, if is that different from Run the Jewels? So I would say it, it's kind of akin to the Carters, right? So with the Carters, the name on the album was the Carters and not Jay-Z and Beyonce, right? And I would say the music that was on that sounded a little different from the general music that Jay-Z put out for sure and that Beyonce put out. The difference being is that LP and Killer Mike have not put out uh, an album under another name besides Run The Jewels since they started Run The Jewels. That'd be like if Jay-Z and Beyonce only put out music under the Carters and that was it. Fair, fair. And, yeah. And like there's an entire art direction to it, Run The Jewels too. Like with the hand and the fist, like the, the show set up, like they've geared everything to it being this is a Run the Jewels product, which is always going to be different from this. If they continue to make Watch the Throne 
projects and it was labeled as like watch your throne to be different it's kind of the reverse of black star how black star had well even in is in that title, a rebrand however the whole thing was like most deaf and talib quality are black star but like them as a group they only put out that first album that first album was kind of just to introduce the two of them and then they went their separate ways and never came back so it's it's weird and i promise you that like when they came out and they do it they were doing solo projects after that that people were like yeah but when you gonna do this we're gonna do this next black star album you know mm-hmm. like that's what i think and and but i said their rebrand is soft right like they don't care if you go back and find their old music and they refer to their old music there are other people that rebrand and they don't want you to know about their past at all i think atlanta seems to have been most keen on rebrands and and i guess they're adapting with outcast and that's a little bit more of a necessity because Jive still owns, well, I don't know who owns the Outkast brand right now, but was that a rebrand or had Three Stacks and Big Boy been able to establish themselves as separate brands or separate personalities before they decided to explore solo options? So I think, wasn't that speaker box love below? Yeah, which, yeah. which it was outcast, but I remember hearing that, oh, they're thinking about going solo because of this album. But then, oh, well, Idlewild came out after that, and that was an opportunity for them to do music together. Right. But I don't think it was actually, actually outcast. It was. I think it was Andre 3000 and, and Big Boy. Yeah. Which is still issues because sometimes Big Boy wants to feature Three Stacks, and they can't because Jive was like, that's outcast. Right, 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 right. Did they have to rebrand as solo artists? I don't think they had to rebrand because they're still. The thing about Big Boy is that he's still using, still using organized noise. He's still walking around using the same pseudonyms that he was using before, and he's still profiting off the persona he created with Outkast. It'd be different if he was like, "I'm Daddy Fat Sacks now." The and when you went on iTunes, everything was labeled as Daddy Fat Sacks, and the sound different. Like. The rebrand has more to do with like changing like changing something about the artist you presented yourself as before to now. And whether that be for legal reasons or whether that be you want to go in a different place creatively. An example of label issues is the locks to D block. Because they had to rebrand as D block because Puffy still owned the rights to the locks. So that's when they had to put out all that music under that name. And then they had to get the name of the locks back from Puffy. So that's more, that's like a rebrand of necessity because they were still making similar music. They weren't going in a different art direction. And they also, but they also um, added J Hood. Yeah. I mean, which they didn't last very long. Yeah. And they tried what? to expand it. I was trying to remember who the fourth person of D. Joshua was. Hood. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then he just, <laughs> he attempted to uh, rebrand with G Unit and drag the D Block chain down the street. Oh no! And then he was never heard from again. I mean, but there there are definite like actual um, examples of like rebranding. In there, are there limitations to a rapper rebranding? I don't think it's very often that you hear of that. It's usually very subtle. They usually be clowned. For example, Mace trying to go from. Murder oh, Maze to, to be a preacher m- uh, to being pa- positive. Pastor Betha back to Murder Maze with G Unit. Yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> that was I awkward mean, for everyone involved. I mean, there's Nitty Scott. Her rebrand was a little different. 
like she went from super backpackery to like sexy model to indigo chick and it's kind of like where she's at right now like like now she's more into like the like spirituality bruja stuff when she first came out everybody just knew her as as like boombox chronicles baggy shirt wearing like i'm trying to spit these bars that's a rebrand where like she kept the name but she's trying to change the image and how people like what they know her as and that's like if you only know her from a certain mixtape then you have no idea that she was out here just trying to like spit or like when she did the the project like with no panty and that was like her joelle ortiz and um bodega bams like that was kind of a rebrand for all of them they used a different name the, all the music had like heavy like salsa merengue samples like super well-known samples and that was like supposed to be a group unto itself i'm assuming the reason behind doing that is like well this is a project that doesn't necessarily fit where everybody else was going creatively might not fit what bams is doing might not fit what joelle is doing might not fit what nitty was doing but it made sense for the three of them to come together and work with the uh, one specific producer the rebrand is one you do it as a creative outlet like with prince paul and like handsome boy modeling school it might just be what you do for a different creative outlet like mac miller oh my gosh what's his larry fisherman yeah when he does like larry fisherman stuff or just uh but that's not really rebrand though right because that's that's just him within a different context so okay. i would also bring up like tyler the creator was notorious for that i can't remember all his pseudonyms for when he was rapping versus when he was producing right like that was a whole big odd future thing mac probably got the idea because he started hanging out with those guys over there that's possible um what's the name did uh was it oh no with quasimodo Oh, uh, Matt, Mad wow, Madlib. Mad They're brothers. No, I know. I know. They, I are, know they are. They are, but no. I should know better. Also, yeah. uh, MF Doom. He's good. he's good for a different name. Yeah. Madlib is different because it's him as a producer DJ, but then yeah. him rapping is Quasimodo, and then you have yesterday yesterday's new quintet, which is him as a jazz band, and then you have Mad Villainy. But then you have MF Doom, who's the master of the rebrand from KMD. That might be top five rebrands. Yeah. KMD to MF Doom, massive rebrand. So Cat's been like, I've never seen him without his mask. He's like, yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think switching up styles is a rebrand? For example, Cam, who went from an actual spitter to that fruity Louis Tootsie Roll. I'm not going to let you get this Cam slander off. I'm not. I was just thinking of all the sounds that he's definitely made over the course of four years and would you say that you know he was he came in as typically hard horse and carriage to pink and purple there was definitely rebranded between confessions of fire and his second album though i mean it's it's less a cam rebrand and more like children of the corn versus dipset it's different music it is different music but it's also like he changed the whole image like confessions of fire he's like generic new york rapper and then after that it's like he was all of a sudden we bloods all of a sudden we wear pink was it all of a sudden all of a sudden in the public eye you get me like and that and that's the thing it's the perception like for all we know like the confessions of fire cam wasn't his truest self and then he got to be his truest self afterwards and that's fine but that's also like part of a rebrand i'm going from like just this rapper that can rap and now i'm like I'm the swagged out dude that all of these white fraternity members want to be. In 2004? That's Dipset, dog. Like, Dipset, 
I never understood why there was such a connection between like Dipset just had mad white fans. It was it was weird. Like usually when it's like they were pretty pro America though. Maybe they did wear they a lot were wilding. They were definitely <laughs> pulling that Taliban. Wait, no. Yeah, that's it. They shit. <laughs> they had like they had like clicks all over the world. Dipset, and this is yes. after after nine eleven. They were wilding. <laughs> they really owned the place of the fallen towers, including calling naming themselves after the people who fell the towers. Yeah, they, hey, they changed the name. <laughs> What are some of the more successful rebrandings? I mean, the obvious one is Two Chains. Two Chains, formerly known as Titty Boy, one half of Play a Circle. His biggest hit before he was Two Chains was probably Duffel Bag Boy. Yeah. Wait, was that a remake? No, I think um, no, that was his song. Wayne was always on the hook. That's when Lil Wayne had a verse, but the actual song is just Lil Wayne on the hook, right? Yeah. Play, so what Play a Circles was? It was one unknown dude from DTF. And one unknown dude from the St. Lunatics no, they, got together. They were always under Disturbing the Peace. T- Titty Boy was under Luda. Titty Boy's DTP. He's yeah. He's on word of mouth on the first song. And yeah. I remember the name Titty Boy make me laugh. Especially since it was Titty's Boy, but spelled T-I-T-Y. Yes. So it was technically Tidy. Tidy Boy. Oh, because he was so clean. He is so yes, clean. He is. He went. He went from that to change. I mean, his like the work ethic changed. He wasn't under DTP anymore, and he just started doing a bunch of features. And so he was able to cultivate a whole nother persona. Sans anyone like trying to find old DTP verses under the name Titty Boy, and that freed him too because now they're like, it went from who was this motherfucker that was in a ludicrous video bopping with Luda with a fake fist to like who is this new swagged out dude you know and he did he did it better than a lot of people man another really good rebrand was um juicy j he became like the bastion for hipster rap i mean he essentially just went he just went solo he partnered with wiz so he had access to a new market and a new generation but he was essentially the same like wacky dude his music didn't change. This is the same reason why I kind of doubt mm-hmm. like the whole, the idea that Killer Mike rebranded. These guys still have their brand, still have their message, still have their yeah. Their, but their, like their the style. content, so rebrands can happen in different ways. Your content can change, your style can change, your name can change. It could be a combination of all of that, or it can just be one of those things. You can't tell me that. When you look at all the art that's being put out, when you look at all the merch that's being put out, when you look at all the different opportunities he's had um, after Run the Jewels, that it's not a rebrand. Now, Killer Mike has been the same dude, right? And he's been spitting these he's been spitting these hard bars. But like I've listened to old Killer Mike mixtapes. Some of them beats is not good. At least all the beats now have the same consistency. Even beyond the consistency of them, they all have a similar sound. Like that's the thing. Like you, you all. When Black Milk makes a beat, you know Black Milk made the beat. When Organized Noise makes a beat, you know they made the beat. Like it sounds a specific way, and that just having that sound to go along with like an artist can be part of a sound and part of like your your artistic direction. So that's why I say it's a rebrand. I'm not saying that he changed everything about himself. All I'm saying is that like 
Run the Jewels has gone farther than Killer Mike was at the time, and now Killer Mike gets to do things like have his own TV show because of the notoriety from the from the affiliation with Run the Jewels. Understandable. Now, the person that has really surprised me with their rebrand lately. Let's just go back right now and tell you some of these classic EPs. What about Life Experience that was put out in 2007? What about Spandex Rhymes and Soul? There were some poems on that. 09. Madam Monochrome in 2011. What you know about going from being a television host and being a rapper to now being an actor on a critically acclaimed HBO series and having your own stand-up comedy special? Talking about the one, the only, Amanda Diva, a.k.a. Amanda Cielos. Like, this is amazing. Like, her rebrand and her glow back up is something that I not anticipate, and this is amazing to me. And no one remembers that she was Amanda Diva. Question. Go ahead. Is it a really rebrand if no one knew that <laughs> rap? <laughs> yes, because that means the rebrand worked. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> She was on a Q-Tip album. Yo, Marno's yeah. deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. This yes, is... you did forget about that. <laughs> I did. A lot. This was a non-factor. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I have been nothing but astounded at the fact that she has been able to go so far. And just, just with a simple name change. And people in this room have had personal experiences with Amanda when she was a diva. Not all of them positive. But now she gets to like be. She was dumb, fucking annoying, dog. Okay, you know what's gonna happen, right? (laughs) She's gonna post about this in like a week or two, whenever this episode goes up. That will do nothing but help us out. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) 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 And that's what we rebrand. That's what what we rebrand. <laughs> Hard life knocks. <laughs> That's a good. I like it. Uh, That's amazing. Out here, just outrunning her past. It is, it is. It is something that I'm just like really fucking surprised at. Like, and she just worked diligently at it, I guess. And this is the power of a rebrand, everybody. Like, fam, you can get past your past sins and who you were. To create an entirely new persona. What about MC Hammer? I mean, isn't he still saved? Are we talking about him from being a crip to being a household name? He was a crip first? Yeah, MC Hammer's a crip. Okay, so there's two points there I I definitely want to delve into. When you bring up uh, Amanda Seals, formerly Amanda Diva, does television have a little bit to do with that? In talking about that, you bring up Amanda Diva, I'm going to go ahead and bring up Will Smith. Who was the Fresh Prince and now? Mm, that's a good rebrand. No, 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 no. That was never rebrand. He never stopped being the Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but it is a rebrand because he went from being billed as the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, or was it DJ Jazzy Jeff? It was DJ he, Jazzy Jeff, Jeff and, and the Fresh, Fresh Prince. Prince to just be Will Smith, still using Jazzy Jeff beats though. I disagree because while they were doing music he was also acting so it's not a rebrand it's just they were no longer operating as a group the reason why will smith became uh, the fresh prince of bel-air is uh because he was actually i don't know if it was bankrupt but he was dead broke and he owed the irs a lot of money because yeah. he was spending them bucks without 
thinking about any type of investments or future or whatever. So he was broke and was at a party at Quincy Jones's house. And Quincy Jones is like, hey, man, we got a TV show. We want you to be part of it. And Will's like, bro, I'm not even an actor. And Quincy's like, yo, bro, don't even worry about it. We'll take care of that. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, so uh, come audition. And he's like, Will Smith's like, yeah, sure. When? He's like, right now in the living room. Everybody's in there. <laughs> so he auditions at a party at Quincy Jones's. And um, that's when the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was born. He freestyled an audition. <laughs> came out with one of the greatest black sitcoms ever. Mm-hmm. No, sitcoms. I said sitcoms. No, no, you said black sitcoms. Just sitcoms, period. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you on this black hair screen. Right. Thank you for that. Um, Your fave could never. Lest we forget what I believe is the greatest rebrand of all time. Calvin Cordozer Brodus oh, gosh. Jr. Snoop, Snoop Doggy Dog. Dog. Yes. Snoop Doggy yes. Dog to Uncle Snoop. From... A gang, yes. a gang banging crip who beat a murder case. To, he didn't do it. He, I, I ain't say you do it, but he, he beat really it. Beat it. <laughs> he beat it. And um, you know the rest speaks for itself. So. That was the case that they gave him. Whole show with Martha Stewart now. Complete, an like, entire show with Martha Stewart now is amazing. Would not think that he used to be a pimp, or at least was trained to be a pimp. Allegedly. Oh wow! Speaking of that rebrand, Ice T. It seems that like a, a lot. It seems re-brand. like you know as a. <laughs> West Coast is good for a rebrand. <laughs> it also seems that, you know, a lot of rappers, if they can jump into something else. to Hollywood. Yeah. Like Ice T. LL. LL. Ice but, Cube continue to, to maintain a Queen Latifah. Ask a white person what this woman's name is. You she still they still wouldn't know what her real name is. Right. She's she's just always been Queen Latifah. So like, it's, like not, it's not a rebrand. Like even when, like when Living Single was popping, she did the the opening theme. She was still putting out music. Yeah, but from Chicago on, you would never have to notice she was ever a rapper. That's a rebrand on some level to get her to get people to go from looking at her as um, a rapper who acts to just being like, oh, this is an actor and a and a producer. I I, I don't I don't think rebrand is the word for that. It's more okay. of a pivot. That's fair. The pivot versus the rebrand. So I was so I would say say. Ice Cube, LL Cool J, Ludacris, Queen Latifah, pivots. Yeah. Snoop had to rebrand because there was a murder case. Like there's a rebrand of going like from being I'm a gangbanger to like I'm friendly Uncle Snoop. That's it took a it went it, it took a, a long slow time. process, yeah. and we didn't realize what happened until it was exactly way too late. Until West Fe- until Once Seth Rogen was on West Once he knew he get away Fest. with sexual seduction, yeah, he, he was he was off. He was off to yeah. the races. Yeah. yeah, that was a fire song too. Talk box and all. All right, so obviously we're talking about rebranding as an artist. Do you think the complete shift in these artists' personalities or lives? kind of factor in i'm going to just throw out there the fact that rick ross was a corrections officer and is now the biggest boss i don't even think that's even the rebrand my man was just like i'm getting this job while i write songs for other people and then it was like that's just lying it's not a rebrand. No, <laughs> not, not even lying like like shout to rick ross because he makes wonderful music but it's like if we're looking at um maybach music group the person that has a close thing to a rebrand is wale because nobody talks about Wale's first album on Alito Records when he had a, the hit single with Lady Gaga. No one talks about that anymore. But now he gets the rebrand as like the super sensitive dude that hangs out with thugs. 
which is kind of his corner. I think he was a super sensitive thug. I on that first album. On that first album, though. So like, like, I don't think Pretty Girls, right? The beats behind his music change definitely because he's working with different producers and he has a different level of credibility. But just being around, being around Maybach Music Group as opposed to being around like Mark Ronson and the people he's running with before, that just changes the perception of him. Before they could have looked at him like a potential Malcolm Moore, right? Before Malcolm Moore, like you could have been like, oh, this is a pop rapper. If he kept going down the, the lane he was going. But because he was with Maybach Music Group, he's like, I'm with Meek, I'm with Ross, I'm with Gunplay. And so he gets to make like lovey-dovey songs, but he still has some street cred because of the people he was signed to. That's what I think. No, that's fair. The rebrand that no one ever talks about is the J. Cole rebrand. I don't know if that is one. Yeah, no, I don't Pre- think that there was. No, but there's a difference between features him. and no features? No, him... And him not having the agency to do what he wanted than him having the agency. Okay. There was a difference, my friend, between can't get enough and ATM. And, but, it, and like, it is wide. But, I mean, we can say the same about Drake. Like, their first albums when they are coming off of internet sensation and they don't really know the industry is very different from when they can essentially do whatever they want with their records. Here's the difference, right? And this is not a shot at Cole. I think this is just Cole discovering who he is. And there are a lot of people who, like, they treat Cole like Kanye in this sense. Me being a, a bigger fan of Cole started at 2014 Forest Hill Drive. And if you go forward, your perception of Cole is completely different from if you started with, like, the mixtapes and then went forward. Then it's kind of like Kanye. If you start from graduation and move forward, your perception of Kanye is completely different. And it's even more so if you started like 808s and go forward your ideas of kanye are way different and feel much different now it's probably because of what you just said he has more agency he has to choose more things like maybe he's just like i'm gonna be more hands-on on all this i'm gonna keep this self-contained but it really feels like there was a concerted effort to be like i'm no features i'm for the people man as opposed to just being like i'm making music and I kind of produce sometimes too. All right, that's fair. I'd we definitely want to hear. We definitely want to hear what our audience thinks. You can let us know what you think is a rebrand, what you think is a fail rebrand. If you hit up our social media at HKL Podcasts, and that's both on Instagram and Twitter, or just the Hard Not Life Podcast on Facebook. You can also check out ClassicMaterialNY.com for any of their newest gear. We know y'all got to live this hard night life, but we hope y'all make it look easy. Until next time. Peace.